Hello everyone, it's Ryan Croto here from the Elite Physical Therapy Podcast. For those of you who are new listeners to the Elite Physical Therapy Podcast, we are an outpatient-based physical therapy company based in Rhode Island, and we do have one clinic in southeastern Massachusetts that evaluates and treats a plethora of conditions and injuries. This podcast series is a way to get you, the listeners, more important information you need to know to stay healthy, avoid and prevent injury, help self-treat basic injuries, and just learn more about the physical therapy field in general. Today, I am joined by Mark Baston, who is a practicing physical therapist here at Elite. He is actually the clinic director at the Charles Street Clinic we have in Providence, Rhode Island. Mark, if you want to say hello to the listeners for me. Hello, everyone. Hey, uh, hey Ryan, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, Mark, before we even get into today's topic, which we're going to be talking about, um, the RAAPTA, and that is that stands for the American Physical Therapy Association, um, and the action, the legislative action committee you are a part of. I just want you to introduce yourself. Tell the listeners and the followers, you know, a little bit about yourself, your background, what got you into PT, uh, and all that, just so that uh, listeners, if they do end up working with you in the future in the clinic, uh, they kind of know a little bit about you. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so mine is uh, mine is the the typical classic uh, explanation that a lot of people give. Um, so I played mostly sports through high school. I was a three sport, played football, baseball, basketball, um, a lot of athletics and ended up hurting myself. And so then I was sent to physical therapy and uh, that's where I got exposed to what it was. And I worked with a physical therapist there who was educated on the, the body and how it worked, how it moved uh, and could come up with ideas on how to approach um, what impairments I was dealing with and how to treat them. And I thought getting involved in this sort of arena where um, the type of population and just being able to help people and not so much the injury itself, but demonstrating an understanding of why it is um, really um, piqued my interest. And so that's how I decided to pursue that. Um, After high school, I went to Rhode Island College for undergraduate. They had a joint program at the time between Rhode Island College and University of Rhode Island where you would do three years at Rhode Island College and then transfer over to URI for another three and complete your master's. Um, while I was going through the pre-physical therapy program at Rhode Island College, uh, there was a change and the what was a master's kind of shifted over to a, the doctorate program. And so what I ended up doing was staying at Rhode Island College for another year, graduating, getting my BA in psychology which actually uh, turns out it helps a lot in dealing with patient populations. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so then I applied as a post back to uh, uh, Boston University. And so that I got my doctorate of physical therapy in, in Boston University. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you were right in the transition program. I, uh, I myself was in a six-year direct program at Ithaca College in upstate New York. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I know it used to be, I mean, obviously it was a bachelor's a long, long time ago, master's and now doctorate program. Yeah. So actually around, so my, my year at BU, it was actually the, only the second year of DPTs. So, um, that gives you an idea of how far back I go. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, we actually had the option of doing the master's or the doctorate. Um, but seeing that looked like that's where the, the, the profession was going. Let me stick it out for another year and uh, go ahead and get that DPT. And uh, it's been very rewarding. Yes. Yes. I would say so. I love that we have a doctorate for our profession. Mm -hmm. Um, And so moving on, 
Mark, what the main topic we wanted to discuss today was your role in the Legislative Action Committee for the RIAPTA. So before we even get into exactly the Legislative Action Committee, for those who don't know much about the APTA who aren't physical therapists listening, could you just uh, kind of describe what the APTA does in general? Yeah, so the APTA is the American Physical Therapy Association, and there is a national APTA, um, which uh, covers the roles uh, and duties and abilities with that, with which PTs can practice. Um, so just like any, any other profession, there are, there are boundaries to what it is the scope of practice covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but within each state, so you have the RIAPTA, the Rhode Island uh, American Physical Therapy Association, uh, you look at each state's practice act and each state has is a little different in different areas. So you'll find that some states have the ability have, well, we've all sort of been working towards direct access, meaning that patients can come right in off the street and say, hey, I need physical therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Some states are still dealing with getting that into their state. Um, other, what it, Some states have the ability to do dry needling. Uh, what do others have? Uh, some have the ability to uh, perform, say, musculoskeletal ultrasounds and do diagnostic imaging that way. Um, and so just looking at the different states, it, it varies in, in with what each state is able to do within that scope that they have. Um, and so that's basically the gist of it. And members of the APTA and their respective state APTAs, um, they work towards some of these things. And what is it that their state is doing um, with respect to physical therapy and how can we advance what it is that we do, knowing how much we're capable of doing and how much we can provide for patients, um, how, much are, how much are we going to be allowed to do um, de- defined by the wording in our practice act? Yeah, no, and I couldn't agree more. And I think that's like a perfect segue from, you know, us talking about how we do have a doctorate of our degree um, and that's a lot of schooling. We do know a lot and we should be able to use all the knowledge we've gained through our education and clinical education experiences, um, you know, appropriately. Uh, And moving on into specifically more uh, of a subgroup of the RIAPTA that you are part of, Mark, you're part of the Legislative Action Committee. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more towards that. Uh, what exactly you do in the Legislative Action Committee, and and maybe even in that committee, what you guys are looking to work on currently, and what your what, what are some goals of yours in the future? Yeah. Um, so as when we look at the Practice Act, um, and we talked briefly earlier about how the profession itself has has moved on. So it started as a bachelor's, and then it moved to a master's, and now we're all at doctor level. So no PTs can come out of school without that doctorate. So some of these practice acts were written way back when and maybe haven't been updated quite keeping pace with what our skill level has been um, as we've moved to so much more evidence-based practice and uh, research-based medicine. There are some of the things that are in writing that may be a little bit outdated and our, our abilities exceed what, the, what is actually in writing. Um, so when I was looking at that, uh, it sort of piqued my interest to, to try to see if I could get on board and see if we could uh, move Rhode Island um, towards the forefront of what it is actually that PTs are um, allowed to do. Um, it's, it's actually quite interesting because when I started 
four years ago, um, it it probably hadn't been updated all that much in the past years. Um, but over time, now that I've gone to, uh, we have these national conferences where these um, policy and procedure conferences where you get to talk to uh, legislative members uh, from other states and kind of see what they're doing and what they're working on. And um, we've kind of become one of the states where people are asking us like, hey, what what are you guys doing? And what have you been able to um, get put forward? And how did you how did you go about doing that? Because what's in, there's always barriers to what you're looking to get done. Um, you'd be surprised because you think what sounds like common sense, like, oh, that sounds like a good, a good idea. But there's always there's always something to it, it takes longer to get it get through than it than it uh, you would you would think. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so to answer your question, some of the things that we're we're working on right now um, that where my my main interests have been is um, one was getting uh, the uh, ability to order imaging uh, from a PT, so a diagnostic imaging referral. Mm-hmm. So. So you're a PT and you've got a patient comes in and you're looking at, you know, maybe you're assessing the ankle or whatever it is and something doesn't look quite right and you want to send them maybe for an x-ray. Well, as it stands right now, uh, they come in, maybe they've been dealing with this for a while and you look at them and you say, you know what, maybe we should get this imaged. Uh, So then you send them and say, you send them back to the doctor. So then they have to set up an appointment with their physician. So then they go back to their physician and the physician says, yeah, okay, maybe we should get an x-ray. So then they set, tell them, set up an appointment to get an x-ray. So then they get authorization, they go get the x-ray and the doctor says, come back and see me in a few days. So then they set up another appointment, get the x-ray, go back to the doctor. The doctor reads it, says, yep, it's kind of like what we thought. And then they come back to PT. So in all of, all of that time that's gone by, we've there's been a, the cost of, expenditures on extra visits with co-pays, cost to insurance, um, time spent, um, and time even maybe spent more on pain medication, which they've been taking all along. Mm -hmm. So it just seems to me that if if we could just bypass all of that and have a direct relationship where we can say, hey, I think we need to get this image, and the PT can send a referral for an x-ray, the patient can take that in their hand, to the radiologist and have that image taken, have it read by the radiologist with the doctor in communication. They're fully on board knowing what's going on. So it's not like we're keeping them out of the loop um, because we, we need that, we need that um, communication uh, loop to be happening. But it just seems like it, it's um, a great way of um, expediting the process. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I definitely think that's well within our scope of practice. I mean, I, I'm a more recent new grad. I, I graduated in May and passed my board examination for the state of Rhode Island in October. And I can tell you right now that I had to take diagnostic imaging courses in my last years of grad school. I had to be able to read x-rays. It was on my tests and um, practical examinations. And I know for a fact on the board examination, the big test you have to take to get a license as a physical therapist, there are questions with x-ray pictures or about x-rays and imaging that you need to be able to answer effectively in order to pass. So I, I definitely agree. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and so then what, that's what we've been doing. Um, unfortunately, uh, this past year, obviously with COVID, um, some of the 
uh, things up at the state house have been kind of put on hold. But uh, we testified in front of the uh, House committee, the Senate committee, and it seemed to have gotten out of both houses. And so it's just a matter of coming to the floor for a vote. Um, but hopefully yeah. that's something that's something that we have uh, in the near future. Awesome. That's awesome. Is there is there anything else other than the imaging? Because I, I think I do remember seeing yeah. in either an APTA newsletter or even just in Rhode Island, like health news in general, something about how they were about to vote on that. And it looked pretty promising for PTs to be able to get extra imaging done. Yeah, that does look promising. There, the other thing um, was the um, uh, uh, fair copay legislation, which has been a big one for us. Uh, you're, you're well aware in the uh, with this, this uh, opioid crisis and uh, the, the move towards getting away from those sort of pain medications um, with hashtag choose PT. Um, um, and when you have the Surgeon General saying that physical therapy is the number one alternative, I mean, you can't have a better advocate than, than that. Uh, so um, <laughs> so, uh, so as we move towards that, um, accessibility becomes the next obstacle. So Yes, we want we want these patients to get physical therapy as soon as possible and not be taking these pain medications. So how do we get them access to PT? Um, one of those barriers is the copay that they have. Um, and so if you need to see a patient, if they're if they need to be seen two to three times a week, it's not like a one time visit when they may go to another specialist. This is a program that they get put on. So if certain copays are twenty five, forty dollars, fifty dollars a visit, the patient will come back to the doctor and say, look, I can't afford that. It's just not realistic. And so then the next option is, okay, well, reluctantly, here's, here's a script for some pain medication. Um, so what we were looking to do is, was put legislation in place where a copay for a physical therapy visit would not exceed that of a physician's visit. Um, and so that's, that's what we've been working on. Um, and we've been, we've been making progress with that one as well. That, well, that also, I couldn't agree more with, especially like you said, I think I've always believed, and that's why I kind of went into the field of physical therapy movement is medicine. Um, you definitely don't, you know, need to rely. There's other ways to solve pain than, uh, with medication. And I think me and you can both agree on that. Mark, something I wanted to ask you before we kind of head towards uh, the final question I'd like to ask everyone on the show is just how would someone get involved in the legislative action committee or just in the RI um, APTA chapter? How, how would someone like your or myself get involved? Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks. uh, Thanks for asking that because we would, we would love more participation. There are, you know, there are six or seven of us and uh, the, uh, the legislators see the same faces every time testifying. And uh, as much as our, testimony is uh, valid and appreciated, uh, they see the same faces. And so the more, the more bodies, the more people participation we have, um, the stronger that message becomes. That's not only with PTs, but that's also with patients. Uh, if you have patients who have dealt with something like this, maybe some barriers with, with affordability of coming to PT because of their copay or um, whatever the case may be, if they have a story to tell, um, if this is something that they're 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 passionate about, um, they can reach out to their local red, uh, legislator as a constituent. Um, they tend to listen to their constituents, um, and that that holds weight with when it is when it comes time to voting on things like this. Uh, but as far as PTs getting involved, uh, go to the RIAPTA 
um, website. Uh, we have a, a Twitter page. We have a Facebook page. Go to those things uh, uh, and and reach out to us that way. Um, Perfect. Um, and I will we, definitely spread the word. Yeah. So as the next session picks up, um, come the end of this year, we'll be looking for more participation and we welcome it very much so. Well, perfect. You heard it here on the Elite Physical Therapy Podcast. Look at look for them on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and just feel free to message. It seems like it's it's not a very complicated process to get involved and help uh, in a field that you're a part of, especially if you're a physical therapist. Uh, but Mark, moving on to the last question, uh, you know, yeah. we talked about a lot of interesting things, a lot of great information, not only for myself that I've learned today, but I think that's going to be very valuable to other PTs who are looking to forward themselves in the field. Um, what yep. is your favorite body part and or deficit to treat in the physical therapy practice or in the clinic? I know we like to treat <laughs> um, everyone and it's a very yeah, loaded question, yeah, but no, if no. you had to pick one. No, that's fair. Um, so when I was, when I was finishing up uh, grad school, um, I, I was looking for, so I had a shoulder injury and the back end. So I had this uh, affinity for what was going on with the shoulder and I was looking for um, where can I find the best opportunity to see what's going on and how to treat the shoulder? And so I, I was blessed with the opportunity to go down for six months, do an internship down in Alabama, uh, working closely with, uh, Dr. James Andrews. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh my goodness. Oh, I know, he, I know who Dr. James Andrews is. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the world renowned back when we had sports on TV, um, before yeah. this all started, he was, um, you would hear his name every other day on ESPN saying somebody went down to go see him. Um, yes. And then working closely with um, uh, Kevin Wilk and uh, Mike Reinold, one of the couple of top orthopedic PTs uh, around. So I got to work closely with them and really experience and see uh, work along a, a who's who of professional athletes uh, on the treatment tables. Uh, so I got exposed to a lot of uh, shoulder issues there. Uh, so I got to say uh, the shoulder is pretty much my favorite, not just the shoulder being the most mobile joint in the body. There's so much going on there. There's so much soft tissue holding it together, the muscles, the ligaments, capsule, um, and how it's, it's intricate relationship with the scapula and dictating how that moves. What is that movement dysfunction? Where is it coming from? And uh, it's a it's a great, um, for me, I love the challenge to really dive into that and see what's going on and how to attack it. So I would have to say the shoulder. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. I didn't know that about you. Um, with uh, Dr. Andrews, I of course I know who Dr. Andrews is. If you're a sports fan, you should know who Dr. Andrews is. PT or not PT, I feel like <laughs> he's a pretty big name. Yeah. But um, honestly, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Very My informative pleasure. episode. Great, thanks. Um, and I wanted to thank everyone who tuned in to today's episode. As always, we appreciate all of our listeners and followers here at the Elite Physical Therapy Podcast. Remember to follow Elite Physical Therapy on our social media platforms, such as Instagram and Facebook, by just typing in Elite Physical Therapy. If you have any aches or pains, planning on having any elective surgery in the near future, give us a call at our main number at 401-737-4581, or you can schedule and look for an appointment online via our website at elitephysicaltherapy.com. Um, and we're going to be having another episode sometime later this week. Don't know exactly who I'll be having on just yet, but it's always going to be a great discussion no matter who it is. And the company might be having some patients on in the near future and or doctors. So I will see you all then. Bye.